podcastjuice.net. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Prince Podcast here on podcastjuice.net. My name is Michael Dean, and of course, joining me today is Mr. Big Sexy and Saxer. How are you doing? You know, I got this cold almost under control. I was in court this week. Judge gave me a hard time for having no voice, but that's all good. Almost got it handled, though. Almost got it handled. Right on, right on. And ladies and gentlemen, we have a special guest today. You know, when I say that on this show, you know, it's like, whoa, what we got today? Well, today we have none other than Mr. Scott McCullough. And he is, you might have seen some of his uh, footage, and I'm saying video footage, that has surfaced on Facebook, for instance. And it is the footage from the uh, some of the Diamonds and Pearls stuff, uh, uh, unreleased footage. And so now it's ringing a bell to you. Yes. So that Mr. Scott McCullough is here. Scott, how you doing, sir? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Man, doing great. I'm doing excellent. Now that you're awesome. here, we got somebody <laughs> official. <laughs> well, I appreciate the opportunity. It's uh, it's great to talk about the old stories and and the experiences and working with the great people of Paisley and and you know I'll, you know you work with you guys and doing such a great thing to keep in keeping the. Uh, the legacy alive. I think it's wonderful. Yes, sir. Well, uh, just again, we want to thank you for joining us. And, you know, what we like to do here is really sort of go back and sort of talk about the journey. Uh, of course, yeah, we're going to talk about some print stuff, but I was really interested in terms of how you got started in doing, uh, you know, movies and video work and, and videography. Um, now, are you from uh, Minnesota, Minneapolis? Yeah, I, yeah, Minneapolis. I was born and raised and <clears throat> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fighting a cold here too. So if I have to hit the mute button for my, uh, my cough, I oh, will. Fine. Um, but yeah, I started out uh, doing, uh, you know, back in Minneapolis, I was, uh, I was, th- I thought I'd be an architect and I thought I'd mm-hmm. be an artist and drawing and painting and all that stuff. And then I had a job with the, with an architecture firm and I said, this is way too boring. So <laughs> I, uh, you know, when I was going to college, I answered every ad I could for any sort of job and, and, Lo and behold, uh, an extra uh, an extra posting came for uh, uh, Sign of the Times. Wow. Like, yeah, and I was a I was a big Prince fan too. I was uh, you know the Purple Rain thing, and you know I was like, well, how do I get involved in this world? How do I get involved in in Prince's world and in music videos and movies? And I, I answered the ad, and I was uh, you know there I was at at Paisley Park getting bust in from the Met Center, <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, you know, there's this, this uh, just, you know, the wonderland of his stage and what, you know, I was, mm-hmm. I was blown away. I was like, I have to be a part of this somehow, some way. So let me understand. So you answered the ad to be an extra in the Sign of the Times movie, the concert film. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that experience being, were you one of the extras in the crowd? I take it. Yeah, I was. I was. Uh, I. 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 was one of the. You know. I. I keep seeing the footage, and I go, and I. I I'm in there somewhere. So that was <laughs> like. Well, I mean, it's. Uh, they got three shots, and I'm just. You know, the camera is zipping around, so you can't really see anything. But what an experience! And I was. Uh, yeah, I was one of the. I think 300 people that were wow. were there. I think that was based on a, a Amsterdam concert he did, mm-hmm. and then he, you know, decided to make a movie on it. So I was, uh, you know, fortunately, I knew one of the assistant directors uh, that was working that movie part, and and she knew me, uh, Betsy Bangs, and she was like, "Hey, come on and help me." So I helped, uh, you know, I was able to get out of the crowd and and start helping her with you know management of the crowd and management oh, wow. of you know whatever it was, because like, she knew I was I was doing my 
other small music videos and trying to get in the door with production in Minneapolis. Minneapolis is pretty big at the time for commercials. Okay. So I was, uh, you know, I was trying to do production assistant work and grip work and, and, you know, I, for the, I think a period of two or three years, I did everything and anything I could get my hands on. So she, you know, it's a small community, so you get to know people. And I was, uh, you know, I was uh, able to, you know, to just observe uh, genius. It was amazing. Now, now, were you still uh, doing your architect job at this time or? No, no. I, I, I said that was it. I had a summer job with this architecture firm and it was, you know, before computer aided drawing. And so I was down in the basement doing ammonia, pr- ammonia printing. And you spend a day just smelling that stuff and, and, you know, how slow it moves. I mean, when am I going to get to drawing things? You know, right, that was right. when you were there for 40 years and became an associate. So I said, oh, cash in, let's get out of here. Let's do something else. Wow. <laughs> if you mind me asking, yeah. how old were you during this period? Uh, well, I, I, when I, my job with the architecture firm was when I was 18, just out of high school. Oh, wow. I won state fair uh, architecture drawings. And in high school, I was doing all sorts of drawings for architecture. And so I entered into the state fair and won that. And, and I beat out a bunch of college grads for my designs. Nice. Uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. But, you know, that, that I still use that today with, with my renderings and drawings and storyboarding I do for my projects right now. So the, the architecture thing still happens. And, and the set designers that I work with, I'm able to just do drawings and bro- blueprints and actually renderings of, of perspectives that really help, you know, just speed things up and save right. money. So it's been, it's been a rewarding thing. So, yeah, it was, mm-hmm. uh, I think, uh, so when was Sign of the Time shot? I think it was some 87. Yep. Yeah. So around that time, I, I, I've already worked a couple of years in the business, just, just assisting, assisting, you know, editors and shoots and working with production companies as a PA working for nothing. My first job was a PA for a movie called Patty rocks. And it was, Oh I mean, yeah. I've seen that. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I was a PA. I didn't get the job and I called up the producer and I said, look, I got a car. I'll work for free. Um, you know, get in the game. you say no to that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that was, uh, that was the first thing. And so that, that's how I met a lot of people that were, you know, if you're in Minneapolis, you're working at some point in your life with Prince and you, gotcha. you, you either, you know, you're, you're on a set or you're working on something, you've worked with them either you quit or you get fired it doesn't you know it, it's Some, small, everybody does their tur- their tour duty it sounds like in a that's way. right yeah. that's right so i uh i was uh you know just just bewildered and and just in awe of that uh just you know just a set but then prince comes out right and you know he does his thing and and i i to this day i watch that uh, housequake video and i go god i just i was right there seeing that whole wow. thing go down and i think it was probably two takes now, I mean, that dude, that dude was so on all the time. <laughs> so let me ask a couple of things. Now, as a Prince fan, I remember when that movie came out, head busted. I was blown away. Like, just I couldn't even contain, like, what the hell I was watching. To actually be in Paisley Park, and uh, I don't know if, well, I guess it would be only a couple of chances that you would have seen that show before. I think they did a, a test show at First <laughs> Avenue at some point. But not having probably seen that lineup and, you know, only just hearing the album at that time. I mean, what did you think of what you were seeing? Like, were you just like, 
Well, well I, I, I had no idea what I was walking into. I mean, I, I have not heard the music. Oh, okay. And I was just, you know, Prince, Sign of the Times, the next album. Uh, I had no idea that there was live shows or rehearsals or anything going on. Okay. So I was, uh, you know, I walk in and all of a sudden, you know, you start working on if I was your girlfriend, if I, you know, all these things, all, you know, one song after the other. For three days we were there oh, wow. uh, shooting left and right, left and right. And I was, uh, you know, this is all new music. So I was uh, fresh off the boat. Interesting. Um, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was uh, exciting. So then that, that show stopped and, you know, you move on to other things. So that's, that's kind of, I was like, okay, well, I, I'm going to keep this, this ball rolling for sure. Okay. Um, and, and for the hardcore listeners out there, there is that footage, uh, you know, behind the scenes footage of them making that movie and you get to see the multiple takes and, and different things. I remember, cause I remember when I watched that movie, I had no idea they were lip syncing anything. I'm just like, they're killing it like this is you know but uh well yeah i had no idea there was behind if you if you uh if you find that let me know because that would be great to see oh, I, sure. I don't i didn't i i'm sure there's always uh you know prince recorded all of his re, you know rehearsals uh i'm sure he recorded some of his uh you know recording sessions too but you know whenever he did uh his tour work he would always you know there'd be a camera mm-hmm. you know if it was locked off or whatever just you know so he could he'd roll back he's a perfectionist so you'd be able to see what he was doing, what the band was doing, where the dull moments are, because from the perspective of the performer, you don't see that. You, you're, right. you're just you're, you're trying to get your, your stuff down. But, uh, you know, he, he's, he was always, uh, always uh, recording his things, and, you know, I would love to see that. That would be great. But, uh, okay, we, we can make that. We'll probably make that happen. Um, all right. <laughs> what? So you maybe, go for- maybe then I could probably see myself, right? Oh, you might. <laughs> Um, so you, you, you did the, uh, sign of the times experience. What was sort of the next gig that you got? Not necessarily with Prince, but how did that sort of spur things on? And, and what well, did you I did do? A, yeah, I did a, um, you know, being involved in music videos. I mean, it was a small niche of people in Minneapolis that worked that. So I was, uh, I had a call to work on, uh, to cast, a, a music video for propaganda films at the time came they came into town and did a thing called with, uh, Cha- uh, I can't remember the name, the bros. Um, and it, it was a band, it was like a twin brothers and they, they came in and they had, you know, some backing and they, I casted a, a music video for that. And from there, like literally like a couple of weeks later, I got a call from the casting director in town saying, Hey, you know, you, you, you're involved in music videos. We need help on graffiti bridge. We don't know how to handle all these people that we need to get in. Mm. And I was of course just, Yes. And at the time, I was going to school, and in, in, uh, I was studying at the University of Minnesota for advertising through journalism. And, you know, these are the opportunities you cannot pass up. Right. So I said, you bet. I'm on – I jumped on the graffiti bridge. So I, I worked with the casting director, uh, Lynn Blumenthal Casting, and we were in charge of everyone uh, outside of the circle, you know, outside of the time, okay. outside of Prince's group and all their – whatever they had. We, we were basically in charge of the extras – for all of the, all the band sequences, including George Clinton, Mavis Staples, Tevin Campbell, mm, okay. uh, and and we, I, I came in and said, you know, I've, I've done this before. Let's let's create a system that we can find these people and cast them and bring them in and log them in and, and do it. So I was uh, I was charged with going, going on the set and uh, you know making sure everyone was happy, and <laughs> but the first day of shooting was. George Clinton in his uh, in Clinton's uh, you know Weak and Funk I think was the name of the song. Okay, 
And so I met him. He was amazing. Um, but I was in charge of 300 extras. Wow. And they were, <laughs> they were the production company, um, you know, and I'm, I'm just working with the extras. So I don't know any of the producers or the production company or even the ADs. That was the first time I, I met with the assistant directors and said, okay, you need talent. I got them. You know, I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. But they weren't going to feed the extras. And I was like, I, I, I'm the guy that has the mark on my back. You know, it's like <laughs> I'm in charge of them. I, right. They know my name. I, I brought them there and, and you know, they, I'm taking care of them. And so you were not going to you're not going to feed the extras. And so I, I made sure that uh, that was changed right away because that's, mm-hmm. you know, I've been an extra. I was on that set. I was like, it's slow. It's you don't do anything. You just sit there and watch and mm-hmm. wait for your time. Well, so. What was the atmosphere like uh, on that shoot for that movie? Well, it was, uh, you know, that first day when uh, you got the crew's catered lunch coming in the same room you're holding the extras, it was tense. Mm. <laughs> I <can imagine. laughs> so I said, yeah, it was, it was uh, you know, it, but, you know, once, once the music started, once George Clinton got up there and started doing his thing, uh, you know, that goes away. Everyone's there for the music and yeah, you have a few people that have attitude and want to be a star and, mm. you know, trying to do whatever they can to get close to the stars. But, you know, you control that, you know, you, you have security obviously, and you just, you, you keep an eye on people. That's why you cast. That's why you get their names, you get their numbers. And I remember, uh, we did a lot of work in New Hope. Uh, there was a, it's it's an interesting fact that the, you know a lot of those interiors of those clubs, uh, the Times, uh, the Glam Slam Club, uh, the Time had a club, uh, Mavis's club, I think. Uh, the two main clubs, I think, were in a warehouse in New Hope. Uh, they built the interiors uh, in some warehouse that was mm-hmm. literally down the street from where I was living at the time, and I was like, well, this is pretty convenient. Interesting. <clears throat> But, uh, you know, we, we bust all the people in because you can't park at some of these places. There's just no room to keep all the cars. So we had to bust people in from a, a bigger parking lot. Wow. And, you know, just, just getting there and, and walking to this really mundane, ugly-looking exterior, you know, building. You walk in and it's this, again, the same feeling I had with, with graffiti with uh, Sign of the Times mm-hmm. was you walk in this wonderland. You got all these lights and this amazing, uh, you know, set design and you're in the world of Prince. It was like, right. it was like uh, Alan in Wonderland. I didn't want to say Alice because, <laughs> you know, you got to be careful here. Uh, but it was, I, I was stunned and just privileged to be there. Did, how, and I was, uh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, how did, in terms of like, um, you know, this, was this the first time you had such a large group of people that you were responsible for? This is a, you know, major motion picture, obviously Prince. It's a, a big deal. Like, no, how did was, how did you feel? You know, were, did you were you nervous or like, no, I got this or, you know? Well, you know, yeah, yeah, and then and, and that's, uh, yeah, I was in over my head, but I also, you know, I faked it, uh, but I also go. faked it in a way because I had experience working on other projects outside of Prince. You know, I was working mm-hmm. as a grip or working on other projects that had extras. Had you know, I knew what the AD team was about. I knew what you know dealing with the extras were, but you know. It's, if you got their head about you and, and you keep aware of who's doing what and, and mm-hmm. are professional, you can, you can, you know, get in the door. I was, I was, a I was thrilled to be there and I was, you know, there was, there was a time where it got kind of hairy with the extras. They were, everyone was like tired and waiting around a lot. You know, that's, that's part of being an extra. Okay. 
but they were getting paid and they were getting fed thanks to me. Right. <laughs> but, um, there was a bit of attitude one day and I literally stood on a chair and I said, look, everyone here should be, you know, you should, you should be honored to work, uh, mm-hmm. for an icon like this. You'll remember this the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And you know, you get attitude, but I was, uh, you know, I, it was making the job difficult and I saw problems. So I had to tell people, look, if you, you don't have to be here, you, no one's mm-hmm. forcing you to be here. Uh, every one of you has a replacement. So if you want to leave, you can leave. There's the door. No one's stopping you. But we cannot have this attitude. You know, right, we right. we are, uh, this is a room of probably 200 people, but I lost it. <laughs> like, I was I was over it. I was like, you know, having to deal with people, you know, you know pushing their way through the crowd. And, wow. and, you know, somehow you just have to, you have to dial it back and realize right. what you're doing and realize you're working with an icon. And, you know, it was it was my responsibility to keep people understanding what what the deal was. Mm-hmm. You're here. You're getting paid. There's replacements for you. You don't have to be here. And if you have a problem with that, you can just leave. Hit that and door. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what I said. So, you can just walk away. And so I ask you that because, you know, th- we have a lot of people that listen that are, you know, people that ins- are inspired to get into different arts or, you know, get that job or whatever. And we're all trying to get in a lot of stuff, but we have a lot of creative people that listen. And I, I like to hear stories like yours because it just shows like, listen, if you apply yourself and as you say, sometimes you may have to fake it till you make it, but you got yourself in the door. And when it was your time to be on point, you was on point, you was ready. You know, you had some people acting funny style. You had to handle that and step up, which, you know, yeah takes you to the next thing so i was it's important to hear that kind of stuff and for us as prince fans you might be into something else it might be something else you want to get into but this is an example of my man said he started he you came in the door as an extra for sign at times i didn't know anything about that i'm just like whoa and now i know where you're going to end up going so it's interesting to hear that and you were doing casting for graffiti bridge i'm like okay wow yeah you know. yeah i was uh, you know i i just pushed forward and said look there's there's a business there's a, some at a certain point you have to put the fan away and say there's a business part to this mm. and i want to work more i want to mm. do a good job so i can be around you know if i messed up i wasn't going to be around again so uh, you know there, there's certain things that happen like attitude and that come towards you and it's like you have to you know there's propositions people you know like you have you have uh you know i had a, i had some la there's a big la crew that came in to do graffiti bridge and i had some problems with some of the crew people propositioning some of the girls and i had to go to the producer and say these guys can't say these things or expect these things from these girls because that is uh not cool, first of all. Right. So I, I put myself on the line. I said, look, you know, I've got to get these people back if they feel uncomfortable because, you know, there's a certain uh, attitude you get from people coming out of town taking advantage of a situation or the star power of what they're doing. I said, I can't have that. You know, and I don't think you want that either. You know, you don't want to be on the news talking about right, right. any sort of proposition that, you know, people are making to other people. So I said, what do you want me to do? Who, how do you want me to proceed with this? And it was stopped, you know. And, you know, there's this sort of expectation that, you know, you come in a smaller town, you know, you know and I was, I was over it. I said, you know, you, you can't do this. And I'm responsible for these people. And I don't want to be the one for letting this happen without raising the flag. Yeah, you, you stood up for Minneapolis respect. So that, that, was, that was like, you got to respect what we're doing. You know? Yeah, exactly. And I, I, felt, I felt a responsibility and I had to say something. And, 
um, you know, the alternative is if you don't say something, then you're part of the problem. Right. Nah, I feel that. I yeah. feel that. Um, so Graffiti Bridge, I, I was, now listen, I, the movie for me, uh, it's an interesting movie. It, you know, it's probably not what people thought it well, might have been, but you can you can scroll the credits and you'll see that I am not on the list of credits. Oh, really? Oh, I'm, man. I'm uncredited, oh, wow. which is okay um, because you know it, there are moments in that it's an, it's you know you you don't go to Graffiti Bridge to you know, watch the acting, I guess. Right. Well, you, we might have it. The, the first night we did, I was like, what, what, what is this? I was like, what, what's going yeah. on on the screen? Yeah. But, but when you guys were making the movie, did you guys have any sort of idea of what it was? You know, was, did, well, let me ask you to put it this way. The final product, did you anticipate the final product to be what it was during the making? Or when you saw the movie, you were like, well, that's not. Is that what we shot? Or I'm curious what yeah, you thought about it. You know, I, you, know you, you read the script. It's written by Prince. And it's, and it's you know, it has a flow. It, it wasn't, I'm sure there was people working on it with him. Um, but, you know, I, I was, I walked out of the theater going, eh, it could have been better. You know, there's all, you know, it's like, it, it was, it was, I thought, and I think a lot of people thought it was like a, like the, the, the sequel to Purple Rain. Mm. But it was, um you know, it went to this whole fantasy thing that was completely different. And I was, uh, you know, I, I, I was new in the business, so I didn't really have a, a platform to really critique anything. And you know, all sure. the stuff, some some stuff looked great. Some of the story stuff didn't jive with me, but you chalk it up and you move on. You know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it was it was a moment of disappointment, I guess. I wanted more. I wanted to, I wanted to. I wanted to feel a little bit more like I felt with Purple Rain. Right, right. I'm sure a lot of people felt that way, too. Yeah. I, I think, the, <laughs> to me, it's like the music parts I love. Like, that's where I see, uh, I was like, okay, the music yeah. stuff on point. And I think the thing, like you said, it, when you go into sort of that quasi sort of fantasy area, you, the expectations, like, I don't, what's going on? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't understand what, what that was about, but. You know, I get what he was trying to do, though. But yeah, yeah, and then you know, it's it was uh, you know the when you're there and, and the magic happens when the playback rolls back and you mm-hmm. know you're, you're in the moment of the the show or whatever is happening. It's, it's great moments, you know. There's a, but you know, it is a movie and and the story drives everything. And it got it got into this a weird place. I remember somebody slipped a script. I don't know. I get a call from some. Texas radio station morning news you know one of these morning shows I completely got blindsided I was like in the middle of the casting and I got this radio show calling me and then I got you know I was, I was working at the casting so I got the phone call and I was on the air and they were talking they wanted to you know this information about what the movie was about and ripping on Prince I said look you know it's it's a movie and we're not rocket science we're not trying to uh, save lives here. It's entertainment. Prince wants to do a movie. It's going to be fun, and that's all I left it at. So it was. It was, you know, people trying to get information from you, oh, yeah. what it is, what it's about. You know, it's like you can't. You know, the guy's trying to make something. You know, it's like you can't really give him, uh, you know, too much of a criticism because trying something different. And that's right. his whole career. Is is you know he never he kept evolving, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of a lot of musicians. Uh, you know, they, they keep trying to do the hits. They try to keep imitating other people. And that's the one thing you can't pin on Prince is that 
he doesn't, he never imitated. He just innovated. And hmm. said, let's do this. I've already been there, done that. Let's do something else. Okay. And that's, that's what, you know, that's what part of Graffiti Bridge was. It was something else. And so sometimes it just doesn't uh, fulfill the, uh, the expectations because you, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and same thing with, uh, you know, uh, under the cherry moon, that was a completely different movie than what we've seen in a long time. So, yeah, love you know, you, yeah, yeah. You got to give credit where it's the, the innovation, the, the artistic sort of, let's just do it. And if, it, you know, the, the, the balls to say, look, if it fails, it fails. So what? Right. Keep you pushing. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and I'm looking at some of your credits and I'm thinking about graffiti bridge, uh, there were parts in that movie that didn't make the cutting room. Well, they stayed on the cutting room floor, but I'm thinking some of the musical parts was there. And, and since you were there, I'm asking if you can confirm this. Uh, can't stop this feeling I got. Was that cut? I mean, was that shot for the movie? Like a, a video for that? Yeah, um, I think it was. And then I, you know, that was so long ago. And I don't think I was actually part of that particular shooting. I was doing another part of the, the show. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, I can't answer that. I don't, you know, the, in, in the editing room and I've been doing this for a while, sure. there's, okay. there's, there's so much music. I can only assume I'm, I'm, I, I can't talk for the editor, but you know, at a certain point you got to cut in the story. Right. Right. <laughs> so I, I'm sure that there's, there's, there's several things that didn't make the cut because you got to get, you got to make the 90 minutes and you know, you want your showcase songs in there. So uh, I, I can't answer where that went and how For that sure. went. So yeah, uh, I know on, uh, you know, people want to take a look on YouTube. If you can find it, there are a few little clips from the movie uh, uncut par- or cut, cut out parts. One particular that I remember there was a part where Prince and uh, Ingrid are playing some sort of hangman game and he's got a noose around his neck. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> very dark type of scene. Yeah, yeah I, I have to. I have to go back into that too. I, I closed that door on that movie when I saw it. I said, "Okay, let's move on." <laughs> so, yeah, so I can't even watch the trailer. I mean, I'm like, uh, "Oh, I remember that." Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I would say they, you know, they just released them on uh, Blu-ray a little while ago. So uh, interesting to go back and watch them in oh, 1080p, yeah. you know, HD. <laughs> and like, Whoa. <laughs> All right. Really, really see it in detail. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. So Graffiti Bridge. Now, um, now for Prince, I know after Graffiti Bridge, he sort of transitions into, uh, I think Batman was before Graffiti Bridge. So he transitions into the new tour, which is taking him into Diamonds and Pearls material. Um, when did you start working back with Prince after Graffiti Bridge? Yeah, well, you know, I wasn't, I didn't work, during Graffiti Bridge, I didn't work directly with Prince. Sure. I was working okay. with the AD team, and, you know, there's Prince walking by, you know, you don't interfere, you know, you just do your job and move on. <clears throat> so I didn't really, you know, I was, I think the first, uh, I think the first uh, uh, way I got in there was I was working, uh, I think I got uh, Eric Leeds uh, through Paisley Park, he had a, uh, Times Squared, I think he had his album. So I was able mm-hmm. to direct my first Paisley Park video with Eric Leeds. I co-work, uh, co-directed with uh, Pat Epstein. And Pat Epstein was working with Prince. Uh, you know, he's a guy you should have on the show, too. I'll, I'll hook you guys up. But Thank he you. was uh, Prince's stand-in for Purple Rain. And oh, wow. 
he was uh, he did a lot of work with Prince, uh, you know, doing a lot of shooting, you know, miscellaneous stuff of the rehearsals. But I was working with Eric Leeds um, on his. Uh, uh, I can't remember the song. It's you're really taking me back. L- Little Rock. Was that? Um, yeah, Little Rock. Exactly. So we we're in this home in Minneapolis. Uh, you know, we, we put together this idea of. You know, there's not a lot of money for music videos, so we just we we put together this small thing. I worked with Alan Leeds and his brother, wow. who was managing Prince at the time. And so, being around the inner core of Paisley and Prince, you you get a chance to do some stuff. And this we able to make the money happen or work for that video, and we just went ahead and, and shot that video. So I did that, and then. Literally, I mean, this was a day and age when you had pagers. You didn't have uh, cell phones, you know. And I, so I got a page, like, from uh, a producer that was doing, working on uh, the Get Off uh, video. And he said, you know, I I showed him my reel a a, a few months earlier. I was doing music videos. I was, I I would take my my little bit of money and I would go and, hook up with, uh, you know, a band or artist locally. And I say, look, let's, let's split the cost. Let's do a music video. Mm. And so I would get a reel put together and I had six or seven music videos, all like, you know, thousand dollar, $2,000 videos with, uh, you know, local record labels. Mm-hmm. And I had a reel together. So I was able to show, you know, here's what I can do with the camera. And Got it. that producer remembered that. And, and Prince needed somebody to shoot a rehearsal and it was the diamonds and pearls, first rehearsal mm. and i'm sure they rehearsed all these songs separately but i uh i said yes uh, of course you know so it was literally like the next day i'm like running out to paisley uh and and you know starting the the process of working directly with prince wow so yeah it was it was uh <laughs> it was uh you know it was pucker time <laughs> <laughs> i remember i god i remember I walked into those big doors and I was like, okay, I talked to the producer. Mm. I said, so what do we have for the crew? What do we have for camera? What do we have? You know, what, what, what am I walking into? And literally I had one camera. I didn't have an AC. I didn't have an assistant cameraman. So I, I had to load my own at the time it was film. So I had to oh, load right. my own camera. And at the time, you know, during the, somehow my light meter broke. So I was like, oh, that, that's another thing. And then I didn't have a crew. So I, mm. You know, Paisley Park had a, you know, a a little area where they had lights that they owned. So I, I wheeled out a 2,000-watt th- 2, light so I could light prints. And I didn't have any crew to help me make it look great. Wow. But I said, I need something because we're in this huge stage. And they did have some stage lights for the show. Mm-hmm. But we're, I just realized that, you know, I'm in over my head because I don't have anyone to work with. So that was... Uh, yeah, I say pucker time. I really meant it because I I thought after after that two three hours of shooting, I would never work with Prince again because I thought, you know, it looks like crap and I'm not you know, I, you know being around him, I was like able to just you know vibe with him. It was great because mm-hmm. I was like, I he's seen my face before because of Graffiti Bridge and other people. I think you know he's he has a way of knowing what's going on you know we're right. in his house right. and you know he 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 knows he has a way of just you know sensing people and like, i think you, that you've that been here take, before type of thing you know I yeah and i think that there's I, I i think there's a bit of hazing that goes on it's like you know <laughs> this is sort of 
few moments you're initially working with him that he just checks you out and you check him out and it's like, okay, let's get to work. And that's kind of how I was. I picked up the camera and said, let's go. Okay. And he was like, okay. (laughs) It was fun. It was, it was a great time, but it was like, I really wish I had money and a crew to work with because, and some of that footage I think is on the last, uh, the last thing I posted. Uh, I think it was part of that diamonds and pearls thing. Uh, you know, there's, that scene where he's doing push, I think you Prince get on the mic and then the guys were, that, that's part of the footage. And I, I didn't get the full amount of the footage. I just got the press, uh, there's press clippings. I think the time the producer put together three different clips and one was just little highlights of that. My first um, working with Prince with the camera. And then the second thing was uh, the Diamonds and Pearls sound check. And the third thing was some other thing with Quincy Jones ripping on Prince and Prince playing the piano. I'm trying to find that so I could put that up. Whoa, I it was, heard yeah, of that. Oh, it, it was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, Quincy, Quincy has Jones, something to say? Okay. Oh, yeah, just basically basically, just, just kind of saying, you know, Prince is okay. And then intercut is Prince playing piano almost at Mozart level. <laughs> it, was, it was a juxtaposition of Prince dropping the mic saying, okay, you're going to rip on me? Watch this. <laughs> wow. So it was, it was cut together. I'm trying to find it. So when I find it, I'll let you guys know. And just for, again, for the fans, if you can remember, if you can somehow try and find these items, there are, I believe there was, I should probably be four <laughs> official releases that would contain your work. I think the first one is the Get Off uh, you know, home video, sort of maxi video <laughs> single. Uh, yep. that, that has all the different versions of the songs. I remember when that came out, man, I picked up here going to Tower Records, grabbing that. That was a very innovative thing to release at that time. This is, I mean, we we're talking like 90, 91, 92 or something? 91. 91. Yeah. And you didn't see, you know, you, you had the maxi singles at that time and cassette, but you didn't see somebody doing videos for like every single version of the single. Uh, that, that was unheard of. No, and and I remember um, us starting to work on that. I think uh, the get off the main video was was already in the works. Um, in in the main stage was was the big you know all the scaff. I wish I had you know commission on the scaffolding rental on that show. It was amazing. That whole stage was filled with all the you know this Caligula sort of mm-hmm. get off you know, little bits and pieces, a little, each, each one of those areas, if you look at the video, there's all sorts of different scenes that are going on and, and girls and guys, it's just this weird sex thing going on. So in, in that video, I remember walking to Paisley and I was work. I think I was, I showed up and, and Prince came over to me and he said, talked about a little bit about what's going on. He said, it's like what they do in Europe. It's where this sort of a collection uh, of different songs mm. and it's a video anthology and we do one song, we do another song, we do another song and it's, it's almost like a, a, an album, but a visual album well beyond what Beyonce did. Right. You know, this was 91, 92. And so it was kind of, you know, well ahead of its time. I was like, that's pretty cool. You know, it's like, you know, there's, it's nothing new to do music videos, but to do one song right. in five different ways was really interesting and innovative. Yeah, I got to ask you, one of the classic ones uh, is Gangster Glam. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, my Here man Prince, uh, 
They had the the, the mankini with, with the, the roller no. skates. Oh my god! <laughs> I, Talk to me about that, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, okay. I'm already I'm already like in shock that I'm working with the guy, right? So I'm like, okay, still be professional, get the shot, make sure it's in focus, right? So I'm I'm at Prince's house in Chanhassen. Um, at the time, now it's bulldozed. It's it's just a chunk of land, unfortunately. But <clears throat> so all your listeners, you know, don't drive out to Chanhassen and think you're going to see Prince's old house because it doesn't exist. Um, but it's uh, it, it you're in the backyard. You're in, at Prince's house, and you know there's a there's the pool. There's you know the windmills. There's a couple of windmills out there. I don't know what that was for, but you know yeah, there is windmills that was they're no longer there either. And I turn around and there's Prince in a speedo. Okay, with suspenders. Right. And I literally, I, I literally, I think I said this to him. I said, only you could pull this off and look good. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking, but I was like, that, I was like, I'm like, what am I going to do? You know, I, I'm like, I got to make this, I got to make him look good. You know, I, I can't just, you know, I know there's editing involved, but right. there's, there's Prince in a bikini, not a bikini, like a Speedo with uh, suspenders and, uh, you know, Tony's doing his thing at Tony M. Right. Uh, and he rocked it. Um, he was awesome. And I, I reconnected with him thanks to these these postings. So that's great. I, that's Tony was, uh, yeah, Tony's out, awesome. Shout out to Tony. <laughs> I, I talked to him a little bit off the air. We're trying to get him to come on. So, yeah, shout out to him. Oh, he's, he's great. And we like, we shared looks of like, oh, God, what's this going to be? But, you know, you have fun, you know. So let's. And that's that's what Prince said. You know, it's it's you know, like when he's driving his car, and I said, "Well, it's at night downtown." He said, "Don't worry about it. If it's out of focus or you don't have exposure, mm-hmm. don't worry about it. Let's just shoot it." And that's kind of made me feel a lot more comfortable because, like, they get all these LA guys coming in and and DPs that have all this money assigned from whatever record label to do this, you know, crew of a hundred people. And then I get handed a camera and say, go and shoot this other thing with Prince in a bikini. I'm like, wait a second here. <laughs> this is not fair. But I was privileged to be trusted to be able to say, look, I'm not going to hold judgment. I want to get the great, great shots, too. Right. And so that was, uh, that was a surreal moment. And then, you know, the, him in the middle of Gangster Glam, I think he got up on top of his BMW and you know, I'm shooting this, and he just screams as loud as he can. <laughs> I wish we had audio for it, but it was, it was. It, there's a shot of him just yelling at the top of his lungs in the middle of his property, <laughs> on top of his yellow Chiquita yellow BMW. Yes. In his speedo and suspenders, and I'm like, well, I'll never shoot this stuff again. <laughs> <laughs> That's a classic moment right there, man. <clears throat> It is. I, it is. I, you know, and I'm, I'm not absolutely sure where this is going to go, you know, how it's going to be cut. So, uh, but you know, sometimes you just have to, you have to play along and you have mm-hmm. to just be open to it because lasting stuff and, and, and classic moments, you know, whether it's on top of a car or, you know, doing splits, it's just sort of things happen out of without planning. And I think that that's part of his, his thing is that he just sort of, let's just do it. And, you know, we can always not cut it in. Mm. It, it can always be something that's a, you know, mm-hmm. how does it work into the edit? <clears throat> now, remember, 
I, I was, uh, one of those moments where it's just like Prince was like really happy. And he was, I, I, he asked me into his office at Paisley office apartment, whatever it was. And he showed me his first cut of that gangster glam. And I was, mm. uh, you know, it was, it was, I don't know when he had time to do it. I was, you know, literally like two days later, he said, look at this. And he was like, he played the first half of it. And it was like the cut kind of exists the way it is right now, the way he cut it. <clears throat> I'm sure he had an editor working with him because there was no such thing as offline or online. At that time, it was standard definition. You take your film, you transfer it to standard def. That was mm-hmm. broadcast, the highest quality, right? But we don't have high, high def at the time. But he would just literally just cut um, – cut these his videos without a practice cut you just go right into the master and cut and that was unheard of too but he was done with it when he was done with it there was no going back to the original and Mm -hmm. making it look great it was it was uh you know again just just you know let's be spontaneous let's be fun and that's the the whole gangster glam was all about this play day at, at paisley and pick up the camera and let's shoot you know the guys in roller skates and prince pulling up in his roller skates and i'm like you know, again, you know, he had a onesie with a big fluffy shirt and you know, a bowler hat. And I'm like, God, <laughs> he can pull off any outfit. Because <laughs> he like, believed it, man. Like, he, you know, he, he yes. wore that and he was like, yeah, he was confident with it. And he made it look good. Yeah, exactly. So it was, you know, he knew his audience. He knew, he knew his energy. And, you know, it was, it was just a blessing to be able to shoot it and, and have it, you know, come across the lens like that. And I had the same experience. I worked with uh, Paul Newman on his last thing he did huh. uh, on camera. I was like for a commercial for a healthcare. <clears throat> Paul uh, Newman, company. the actor, the actor. Yeah. Oh, wow. And, and uh, this is about a year before he passed away. And, you know, I was like, he looked frail. He was about 75 at the time, hmm. but he was doing this race car. You owned a race car. And literally, it's like the same feeling I had with Prince, I had with Newman. I was like, once I put the lens up, once I got the camera up, it's just something about uh, certain energy just comes across through the camera. It's just, it's un, it's a, it's an un, uh, unexplainable right. thing. Now, I know what you mean. There, there's certain people that just have that, I guess it's charisma or at least a certain energy when they're on screen. It's yeah. just like a natural thing. It's just like. That, that the yep. camera loves that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I remember him playing that video for me, and that same, you know, that same day we're in his office, we're shooting the stuff that, that's, you know, the the inside look of that video. You know, you see inside of his office, mm-hmm. his desk, his, you know, and then uh, at his home outside of his pool, and you know, in in in, in get off house style. You see inside of his house, and you see his dining room, you see his bedroom, you see his living room, okay. and I didn't know that you know, was his house. Actually, interesting. Yeah, in in house style, um, when he had uh, diamonds and uh, Lori and and can't remember the other girl's name, uh, Lori and Rabia, I think. Gosh, I should know this. Who, is, who played diamond and who played pearl? I know who you're talking about. I can't. Oh, think I, of that I name. definitely know who you're talking about. Rabia and Lori. Part of the story was that Prince takes him to his house and blindfolded, and, and he's, mm-hmm. you know, being Prince. Right? <laughs> and <clears throat> we're waiting for lights. And because, you know, they send me forward, you know, to check it out and set up shots and <clears throat> be ahead of the curve 
and we're waiting for lights and I'm just sitting there literally Prince in his living room, me and him, and he starts playing on the piano. Wow. And I was just, you know, I, I, I wish I had the camera. The camera was on its way. Lights were on its way through a different vehicle. And I'm just sitting there, you know, literally five feet away. And it's just a little show for me. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't just for me. It was like, he's probably just playing to waste time. But it was Mo- nah, Mozart. It. Yeah, it was just. That was for just, you. That, that camera was your brain and your eyes. Oh, God. You just hold that moment. And I never, you know, I never really had a moment to say thank you, you know. I just, yeah. I just wanted to work, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like to do, just to be in that situation and just say, you know, this is amazing. You are amazing. <laughs> uh, whatever you need. That's, I never had a chance to do that. And it was, it's, it, it's, uh, it just goes back to the, the fact that you just want to, you know, you're, you're in this world of, it's separate from everything else. And you just want to do a good job. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I played it and not mess it up. <laughs> right. No, it, you know, it, what you're saying, a lot of, I've heard from a lot of people that work with him, whether they were in the studio or whatever the capacity, but I think the thanks that you probably could have said was to actually just do your job and not stop the moment and freak out or, you know what I mean? Like he probably respects that you just let him be himself and he's comfortable well, enough, you know, I'm, I'm assuming, yeah. but. Well, I, I would too. I mean, we, you know, at, at any moment you had people coming in like bigger directors from LA or bigger DPs. Uh, one of the experiences, uh, one of the DPs that does the Superman stuff with Zack Snyder right now is uh, Larry Fong. Oh. <clears throat> so he came in as a DP for something else. I think it was uh, Willing and Able and a couple of things. I think he also did some work on uh, uh, Money Don't Matter Tonight. But I was, <coughs> excuse me, I was uh, I was working on uh, you know the home video, and I was working with Prince. I had established this trust from Gangster and and from House Style, and you know doing my thing, and and we had this sort of shorthand as a like that I think when people came into town, like the guys from LA, they just, they didn't understand why Prince would come to me and mm. ask what I wanted to do next. It really set people off. Uh, you know, the, the, the big time DPs and directors and, mm-hmm. and some of the uh, cameramen that, that were brought in that, that have reels that are much better than mine, but Prince would come to me and say, you know, I would, I would lead the show. And, you know, I had some, I had some, uh, attitude from that and i had you know people stabbing my back you know i'm wow. i heard that people were saying things to prince behind my back about me because they were concerned about their their opportunities mm. and you know i i remember prince saying what i'm not gonna say the name but i remember prince saying what what's the issue with you and this other person this other director and i said well the problem with this other director and and he said stop you know uh the word her name or his name and the word problem shouldn't be in the same sentence. And I said, well, then we don't have anything to talk about because hmm. that director was the problem. It, it was, it was, uh, cause I heard that she was saying things, he was saying things. I've already given it away, but it's sort of, it, it's like, I, I can't really talk badly about people. I can't do that because it comes back to you. And, and I was, you know, there was, there was a tension between some of the people and I was like, look, I'm just trying to do a good job. And I'm, you know, if I got to work for you as an operator, I'll do the best I can. If I got to work for this person as a, as a DP, then I'll do the best I can. If I got to direct something or Prince, you know, takes me and says, okay, now you're doing it. 
then he's everyone's boss. We're all working for him. And right. some people took a took that the wrong way. And I don't think it it helped my progression as it could have if we just all did the same had the same sort of like collective collaboration. Mm-hmm. So it's just it creates a, it creates a uh, an uncertain environment and. I just, you know, kept my nose to the grindstone and just kept pushing. Doing the work. And whatever I needed to do, I did. <laughs> I, I can feel that. You know, that, that's a situation that probably happens with a lot of, you know, these sort of iconic, influential people. There's a lot of people that probably want to be in the mix and jockeying for position. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like you saw, you can do is do the work. Let that speak for what it is, it, you know. Guy yeah. like Prince or I don't know if somebody's dealing with a, a Bill Gates or a Zuckerberg, they'll recognize the real stuff. You know, they'll see the work, you know. Yeah, and usually, usually it's it, I, with Paul Newman or even like I've worked with some other NASCAR drivers. It's just or stars where it's it's the, the star is not the problem. It's the people around. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. it's the, the the assistants, it's the schedulers, it's their producer, it's their manager, or the agent. And, uh, you know, just, you know, once, once you get going and, you know, working with directly with the person, there's, there's usually no issue. It's just everyone's positioning, you know, their insecurities Hmm. and, you know, you just have to understand that that's part of it. Part of the deal of working with whoever you're working with is just, it comes with baggage and you just, you just suffer through it and be patient. All right. All right. Um, so, yeah, that get off video, uh, the, 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 the uh, gangster glam. I was going to say that has a very um, at the time was so different because it was it was sunny. It had a summertime mm-hmm. feel to it, which you hadn't really seen Prince outside. That, I think that was one of the big things. You always saw him on stage under lights and it was dark. But this showed him outside and it was daylight and it was happy uh they were having fun that was, yeah. that was what i took away from that i was like man okay this is a real dude. i was like as yeah. real as a prince could be like, he's a real dude like he's out with his boys and they kicking it and they, you know they got the cars well, that, and the girl, you know i was like okay that was that was really fun and it was uh you know you have to light it you still have to work with crew and make it look good you know i i remember you know red red white was uh the the paisley parks uh facility manager at the time and i remember him you know we're trying to the sun's going down so we have the shoot <laughs> so, but there's there is weeds growing in the parking lot and we're trying to clean that up and make sure you know what are we doing and how are we doing it and you know i knew that the sun was going to go down so how am i going to light this once the sun was down <clears throat> and so we had to you know think ahead because we didn't you know you don't know where things are going to go uh, or how it's going to go and you have to be ready so it's like you know i'm setting up lights i needed a generator and and you know when you know there's a bunch of cars you know he's you don't like cars that way but you i'm not going to get up on the rooftop of paisley and start hanging things because i have no time and uh you know i have to you know work with prince and so i have to be ready whenever he's ready and you know so he's he's he understands you know what it takes to do things because he's he's you know, he's been he's been there, done that, and you know. But there's times where he just wants to go, and you have to be ready to to go. And sometimes it's not quite perfect or how you want to do it, but mm-hmm. you make up for it with how you do the camera, how you you know the angles you pick, and how you you know the story. So it was it's a lot of reaction that goes with Prince, and he he sometimes directs, and, and it's his show, and he puts it out there. But 
it's up to you. it's kind of up to the 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 person that's shooting it to to make it pay off make it uh you know different make it unique and you know it's it's sort of when you're in the you know outside of just shooting i would the next morning i would be going to transfer and making sure that the film looked good and kind of supervising so that the footage that goes out looks good for prints looks okay. good for everyone that was involved and that's something i did on my own i didn't you know i just said look i have to just be sure that it's it, that you know the color temperature is right and you know it looks good here and what i was intending to get because i didn't have a lot of control <clears throat> when you're like running gunning on certain shots and mm-hmm. then you're you know you get a chance to shoot uh, violet the organ grinder <laughs> uh that was uh, uh that was you know a whole different setup with another person directing and I would do the second unit stuff and you have to maintain a consistency between what you're doing one time to the other time. It's like, right. I remember sexy MF being five or six different shoots at different times of the year because really? it kept evolving. Oh, wow. <laughs> and you're, yeah, you're shooting in the, uh, that, that move, that was, uh, that was shot in the garage at Paisley down downstairs. So when you shoot, when you're shooting audio, in the garage, in any garage, with all this concrete, it's very live as far as audio. So all the dialogue was, you know, the mix was was painful. Um, the, uh, you know, the story kept changing, so we had to reshoot a couple of different times. And I was a consistent element that was there. So we'd come back and we'd shoot, and I would be there and help make sure that, you know, we would be able to intercut between what we did a month before to what we're doing now. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's very much like a movie on almost everything. It's like, okay, who, what did we do? How did it look? And then you'd you'd, you'd try to do the best you can with the with trying to read the mind, I guess. You right. know what what is what what's the you know you get information, but you don't get all of it. You don't get <clears throat> you don't get exactly what what it's going for. I mean, I, I, I crew people would come to me and say, "What are we doing next?" And we'd be waiting. <laughs> For hours, uh, you know, we seven, the video seven. I, mm-hmm. I I was a part of that original shoot, um, but Prince wanted to make it a bigger thing, and we, I remember we brought in this big backdrop, the sky backdrop in the big studio, and we had scaffolding and clouds and all sorts of things, and you know we had this hotshot DP from LA, and you know I I. I I remember working and, you know, they were lighting that thing and setting up the cameras and we were there for 12, 16 hours. Nothing was shot waiting for Prince and Prince just said, I don't want to shoot. And I'm like, okay. So I, I think that the DP just shot a couple of production assistants so that he could get something on his reel. Cause it was uh, it was a huge depth of, you know, the, what we shot, what, what actually was released for seven was what we shot literally in the hallway at Paisley Park. It was wow. just, you know, so simple and probably worked in some sort of a, like, intuitive way. Like I said, like, Prince just does stuff out of emotion and, and creativity and, and energy that he has at the time. But I, I bet he felt, I wouldn't know this, but I bet when he walked in, he didn't feel it. And he said, mm. you know, it's, it's, we're not going to, he's such a genius at just knowing him, knowing what he likes and what he mm his own persona that he probably said it's, it's probably not going to be as good as what we already shot. 
Interesting. Now, so, if you do, you remember if this the album was the album out at this time when you guys were shooting this, or this all shot before? It was shot before. Okay. Yeah, that that was the gold experience, I think. No, uh, the symbol album. Symbol album. Yeah, yeah. I can't. I, you know, I I don't. There's parts of what's in Three Chains of Gold that we shot a year or two before. I I worked in London. I was with I was with Prince, and I was on stage with Prince and uh, li- on, during the live show. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think three or four of the nights I had a handheld camera. The worst, the worst camera for for sync, you know, for sound because it was a it was thirty five millimeter Airy three. It sounds like a can opener when it's running. It's horrible. And so I'm I'm given this camera and I'm supposed to be on stage with Prince and I can't. If I get closer than three or four feet from Prince and his microphone, he's going to be pissed. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't get close, but I was there and I was like, amazing and. Uh, that footage is is in Three Chains of Gold. Some of it is in the documentary that we did for BBC. Um, you know, bits and pieces that ended up right. in lots of different things. You know, it's it really becomes a uh, just an archive of of, of footage. And mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine how many rolls of film are probably sitting in storage there of things we shot. I worked with Carmen Electra on a bunch of stuff. Um, I worked with, uh, you know, we did some footage with uh, Mavis Staples and Moni Love was on stage, I think, for something. Mm. It kind of blurs. <laughs> right, right. So it's, it's like not only the t- you know, it was 25 years ago, but it was, it was a, you know, you're at a level of, ang- uh, of, of energy and excitement. And I think that, you know, you, you go back and you think of, okay, how much you shot and what you, you you keep trying to remind yourself of what you did and what you didn't do and right it's uh it's a lot it's, of stuff there i can imagine it's a lot of stuff yeah and i'm trying you know I, I i'm trying to recount what what we all did you know it's just you know there's this whole this surreality is gone you know just and and that's part of that's the main reason why I put that stuff up was because I felt like, you know, I was literally I'm going through all these, you know, commercials and stuff. I've done a lot of uh, spots and commercials and footage. And so I keep what I get, you know, it's a, it's part of, you know, like a photographer mm-hmm. keeps their files and I keep all my stuff. And so I was uh, literally just going through some of this old footage and I said, well, you know, I bet you people would like to see this. Because nobody has. Right. I mean, they did release it, but it just, you know, like for press, but the press didn't release it. And they didn't, huh. you know, we, you put it out there and it's like, if they don't pick it up, they don't pick it up. It's like a press release. <clears throat> but I thought, you know, this healing process of what we're all going through. Yeah. Was, I mean, that, that footage yeah. that you released, there's some amazing stuff. You know, I look at it and I was like, I've seen bits and pieces of things, you know, I guess from the, the official stuff, but never like. You know, what you had there and I was just looking at it and it's really, again, it just made me think back like, wow, that was such an amazing time, that that period of Prince. I mean, there's many periods, but I was like, wow, it was really uh, just so like the energy level of the performances. I was amazed of like he's just moving and got the dancers and they just hopping around and just like it just seems so effortless. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's, you know, Prince is Prince all the time. I mean, it was it was so surreal. I mean, I even remember that from from Graffiti Bridge. I mean, I, you sensed him before he even showed up. I mean, it was ghost like. It was like you would you. He has this perfume. It's it's you know, and you would smell this perfume or cologne that he had 
and you look around and you know, you sense he's somewhere nearby, but you don't really know. And then you turn around and it's like, oh my God, there he is. And it was like, you know, you got to be careful what you say. I remember Daddy Pop. Um, we were, that was, uh, we shot, you know, he, he wanted to do this video and we had three cameras and he, he went through his wardrobe changes and he would take an hour or two uh, before you saw him back. And I'm, I'd look to the producer, I said, we, you know, if I'm directing this, you know, there's, there's a lot of wasted time here while, while Prince is getting ready for whatever he's doing next. Can I shoot the band? Can mm-hmm. I shoot, you know, close-ups of the band and everything but Prince? And the producer says, I, uh, absolutely. And I said, okay, great. Now I got to tell the 200 extras and the crew, you know, it's a full tour crew, you know, all the lights, all the, the mixers, sound techs, guitar techs, every, I think his crew is probably 80. And then I had, you know, my film crew, which is probably 20 or 30 people. And then I got all these extras. How am I going to let all these people know that we're going to do something without Prince right now? So we still need the same action. We still need, you know, so I, the producers gave me the clearance. So I said, well, I'm just going to walk up to Prince's mic because that's the best PA address system that you have. And tell everyone we're going to roll another take. <laughs> and sure enough, when I start talking, we're going to roll another take. Um, and I hear this <clears throat> behind me. Uh-oh. And Prince says, get off my mic. <laughs> 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 and everyone just went, oh, you just see, it sounds like I just dropped my head. And I just <laughs> walked away. I was laughing and everyone was laughing, but it was like, it was a moment of, of clarity of, you know, <laughs> whose house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're going to, you're going you're to talk on my mic back off. <laughs> like, yeah. I got the point, but you know, you're taking so long. <laughs> He's so, always joking saying my beard's growing. I say, well, my beard's growing, you know, how long does it take you to switch wardrobe? <laughs> man, an hour, man. Well, it, it, it was a full day thing, you know, so, but we're a lot of waiting around and it was just, you know, we're waiting for the guy. And, you know, I'm just, you know, trying to be efficient. And, mm-hmm. you know, I know it's his money and his production. And I, I feel like, you know, we got this energy. Let's let's shoot. Let's shoot, you know, audience members. Let's shoot, you know, Michael B. on the drums. I mean, I wanted to get in there and shoot this, but we didn't need Prince on stage for that. Mm-hmm. And, and so we're, while we're sitting there and Prince has disappeared, uh, I thought, you know, what's what's 10 minutes of shooting some b-roll and you know i i overstepped but <laughs> i still worked with them so i think it was just he understood what i was trying to do right now but he, he had a moment <laughs> there must have been a part because i kind of remember he, seeing this there was a part where you're filming the band members and it sounds like it's prince asking them questions off camera or something. yeah yeah that was uh i think we all the extras were gone <clears throat> we got what we got shot and then and literally we we were wrapped for the day and princess we we're gonna shoot the band members um interviews and so we we came back and put all the stage lights back up and we uh you know we set up the cameras and, and prince was asking questions um of you know i think most of the band members and then we also did another section too where we just did a uh, you know, there's, there's some footage of, of the band members being asked questions in another situation. I think it was a different time, but during the daddy pop stuff, we shot a lot of B roll, extra B roll stuff. And, um, 
footage of them in their in their in their actual show uniform or uh, costumes or outfits, so that that matched. And so we did that. Yeah, and Prince was asking questions, and and I just shoot it as a like an insight to a lot of different you know different approaches. Right. To how, how do you explain what a, a band coming together and what it's like to work with him and mm-hmm. you know it was uh it was impromptu impromptu uh, let, let me ask you this did you also work on the uh, i think it was called it was it came on abc tv uh, you read I, my mind oh, okay yeah the, the ride divine i think is what yes they, they no, no. Okay. i i uh the ride divine was right after i i walked away i uh, uh the reason i left i mean i joke but it's like either quit or you get fired uh, and I quit. I was uh, I was not getting paid for a lot of the work I did, and I was uh, there were some production problems we had in in Europe with just logistics, and you know I won't go into details. But I I, I looked to the producer, said I'm done. A 27th video is not going to help my career, and it 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 got kind of messy with how things were being ordered. I think there was a problem with sexy MF. Um, Meaning, I, I just don't think there was an understanding of, of how do we pay for this big video, and I don't think there was any sort of uh, you know purchase order or written mm-hmm. estimate or anything done. So it was like the cost just sort of spiraled, and and I wasn't getting paid for a lot of stuff. And I said, you know, Prince wouldn't show up for a concert without a check. Uh, why should I? Okay. So okay. I, I walked. I, I walked. <laughs> you know, I said I'm going to go, and you know, I'm here, and you know, the production company. Uh, went bankrupt and I couldn't, you know, I couldn't get my money. So I figured it's just, I just write it off as my graduate class, graduate school of just right. working on, you know, working with Prince was great. And, but, uh, you know, you can't, things were falling apart and I just saw the writing on the wall. I said, I just got to move on. Mm. And so Ride Divine came and that was the first, that was like, I didn't work on that at all. I was, okay. uh, I was doing, uh, I was doing other commercials and things with other companies, so I was, uh, unfortunately, they could have looked a lot better. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, so. you you touched on something interesting, and I'm not gonna get into the finances and stuff, but uh, you know, you kind of you say, "Listen, I'm, I'm I'm doing this work. Maybe you know, the compensation isn't matching probably the the input of what you're doing, if at all. I don't know, but do you is there a, a point where you're feeling like what am I going to do after this? Are you confident? Like, yo, I, you know, like you said, I'm, I'm ready to graduate. I've put in the time. I've, I know what I'm capable of doing. I worked on big stuff. Let me go out here and it was the next thing, start my own production company thing. Or what was sort of the thinking? Well, well you know, I, I, it was kind of, you know, I was, while I was doing work with Prince, I was shooting my own projects. I was doing other, other uh, music videos and commercials as well on my own. So I wasn't, you know, Prince would go on tour and be gone for three, six months. So I would be doing other things. Oh, okay. okay. So I was building a basis of, of, of work as well on other projects. Mm-hmm. So I knew that the next phase in Minneapolis was, was to, to move into commercials. So I, I said, well, you know, I need to, I need to just move on and, you know, the, like keep moving forward. Cause I know, I know what the Prince thing is going to end at some point because he, you know, look at his band members, you know, they're, they're all great performers, but he just changes things up for the mm-hmm. sake of changing things up. So I, I, I figured, you know, I've done what I can, uh, you know, if I'm not getting, you know, I can't, I can't keep working for free 
uh, because, you know, there's other jobs that, that could come up. Mm-hmm. So I just literally just sort of said, I need to just, <coughs> excuse me, move, move into commercials, move into other stuff. And, and I think the first thing up was Musicland in Target. And, oh, wow. you know, when he had a moving from production and with Paisley and Prince, there's, there's sort of a controlled chaos and you don't have really time to react. You just sort of have time to, uh, I, it's hard to explain because you don't really get a chance to plan it out. You just sort of, you're almost like a controlled documentary sort of thing. And you know, there's times where you direct and you have like when I did strolling, you basically, you said, go and shoot whatever you want. And, or when we did, uh, uh, you know, there's some other artists that we worked with, uh, you know, that never, never made the light of day, uh, Carmen Electra. Um, we did some other shooting footage, man. God, I don't know. (laughs) I, I, there's, uh, that was, that was, um, that was amazing because I, you know, working with Karma, she's beautiful and so she's lit right, well. Right. But we we shot a, a video called Tasty that never made the light of day. Oof. But it's her singing and Prince doing things to while she's recording and it never, I don't, you know, interesting. It's it's funny because I, I I remember signing an NDA, but you know, this whole like like what's happening with his estate just baffles me because he was so. When you look at the Warner Brothers uh, situation and the contracts and all that stuff, he was very aware of his presence and his material and how he would, how Prince would just, you know, be aware of where things are and what they are. But he didn't, you know, didn't, didn't be mindful about a will or be, how, how he wanted his right. legacy to continue. And I, I just find that a little baffling. Mm. You know, it's just, it's a little ironic. You're not alone in Everything, that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all this other stuff that, you know, you know, as a team of lawyers and somebody must've said, you know, we should probably think about this, <laughs> you know, right. yeah. Mm. one would think so. Yeah. So, uh, going back to the ride divine, I was, I was gone by then. Let me, you, you brought up karma lecture and shout out to karma. Definitely beautiful. I mean, when you guys were filming that, just in your opinion, did you guys think the music was good or like, we just like. Uh, well i you know i honestly have been surprised by by the the word in the past the stuff that prince put out it doesn't catch on till later it doesn't Mm. it's it's he's ahead of his time he's ahead of his curve so i thought you know it's different and you know i know there's a concept i didn't really understand and it's probably been months in the making so it it was not my place to really make that call. I was there to sh- to sure. take the visuals of what's going on, right. and Prince believed that she, he could make something happen because at the time there wasn't really any you know a lot of uh, female artists out there that you know was a, a product or a a marketing a marketing ability. Uh, Carmen looks good on camera. I just you know I just it yeah. was a, kind of this rap singing thing, and I just. I was like, well, I'm not here to judge that because I've, you know, I've seen work from Prince just blow up later uh, when people get it, you know, okay. and that's, uh, that's one of those things was like, I, I couldn't, he saw something uh, I didn't, you know, maybe there was uh, a consistency there. Right. So it sort of reminded me of, I think, uh, sort of foreshadowing in the 
diamonds and pearls sort of home video i think it was at the end of get off no it's yeah the get off thing he, he first shows us at the very end uh, there's a clip of maite dancing yeah and we had no idea who that was <laughs> i was like who is this and like yeah that's uh i was uh and we you know, that you know it's like i wish i could have lit that better but that was such a last minute thing we didn't have any lights mm. and the the video footage was not on the tv screen it was a blue screen thing and this was before all this right. digital stuff so all this footage that from back then i just i'm uh, right now literally i'm got my head in my hands and i'm like going oh that looks like crap <laughs> because we didn't have anything to work with and you know all this money went to the big productions and i'm like if i only had a light I remember looking to my assistant cameraman going, I wish I had a light right now because Prince is watching the screen and I, it's going to look bad in a film. You need a certain exposure. And I told Prince, I need exposure. You can make it darker in post. And he just didn't want to hear it. <laughs> uh, it, it, looked, it looked like it was a, see, so me watching it, I'm just like, oh, it's just some grainy. I thought it was just some old video footage. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, it's a, scene, well, you, you know, know yeah, you make it. You, you manipulate what you can, and sure. you move on. You don't get second takes with Prince, and that's the one thing that mm. really helped my career. Is like you know, you you have to kind of have some um, some uh, some sort of a osmosis, some sort of a idea, the trusting the process and mm. being on. You have to be on, and that's that's the. That's the thing, you know, it's like when you first start working with them, it's, it's, you don't know what's going to happen. And you start getting a feel that, you know, anything can happen. And then when you take that approach, it's like, if anything can happen and you're ready for it, nothing will surprise you. And that was, uh, that was fun to, fun to do. Cause you just was like, there is no plan. Okay. Scott, you mentioned, um, working on things like gangster glam and, uh, Violet, the organ grinder. <clears throat> It's been reported that Prince has always had a lot of things that he'll shoot and just not release. Were you on in on some of the things like that too? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, I shot at the in the vault. I shot in the pre vault. Uh, I shot footage. I, I, like he did a concert at Glam Slam, and uh, like three or four of them that I was a cameraman on stage with him. And then he would there, there was uh, a moment where he went on the bar. And I was on the bar with him, and I was, you know, me and him on the bar, and I was shooting him performing. I don't even know what song, but that stuff never went out. Uh, okay. I shot a lot of Earl's, you know, concert footage that I don't know where it is. I don't. I bet you there's rolls of Carmen Electra that aren't even aren't even processed, so they're probably camera negatives. Um, I yeah, I, I there's half the stuff I, I I've seen. There's a, there's equal amount. That's not seen. Mm. And, you know, it was probably as part of his sort of genius. He has to kind of, you have to do it. You have to, you have to give a hundred percent into it. And if it doesn't work, you don't know it. You won't know. You can't, you can't sort of predispose yourself of something you haven't seen yet. So he would, you know, we would shoot stuff and he would cut it together or look at it and say, well, maybe later or something else, or I don't know. I can't, I can't talk for him, but I know that there's yeah yeah there's lots of there's lots of footage I've probably forgot I shot that it won't see the light of day. Well, maybe maybe it will. I don't know. I mean, I would love to be a part of um, you know maintaining a legacy, but I think there there was a reason or or was shot you know maybe years before he was going to release it, and it just never happened. Something else came up, another album, or whatever. So 
it was, um, you know, it, yeah, I went, I, I'm, I'm just going back in my head. You know, I remember taking Princess sent me on to go shoot his father's home mm-hmm. and go down to glam slam and, and shoot stuff there. And then we would go, we were talk about doing other, other shoots, other places, um, for footage I forgot about that exists in Three Chains of Gold, I remember shooting, uh, you know, once I saw it. I was like, oh, I remember in the movie theater with, with uh, uh, Troy. the girl. Yeah, Troy. Troy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I had lunch with Troy. She was, uh, when I, about five years ago, she's doing great. No, probably ten years ago when I first moved out here. She's, uh, she's awesome. Yeah. Slide me oh. the number now. I'm just joking. <laughs> 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 just jokes. Um, oh. I, I was going to ask you, do you uh, since you have, or over the years, have you been following Prince's career? Yeah, yeah, oh. of course. I mean, you know, it's it's again, it's is his. Uh, I've I've always loved his. I was privileged to work with them, and I felt honored to work with them. Um, it was bittersweet leaving, but it's like as time, you know, it's just you just move on and just chalk it up. But then you know, something new comes out. I'll always listen to it. Uh, okay. You know, there's 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 gems in all of his work. You know, I, I loved uh, when he went back to the musicology and when he mm-hmm. did. Uh, you know, uh, and I'm married now, so my 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 wife is from Bulgaria, and she's never seen Prince live. So I took her to the 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 Forum concert when he was there at residency, I guess, in okay. early 2010, I think, or something. Mm-hmm. To the no, uh, 2012, before he went Afro. And he did the yeah. big tour thing. And so I uh, I got great tickets, and she was blown away. He did five encores, and it was amazing. And, so, and, and I don't think Prince is an acquired taste, but I think his later music was still trying to find a voice. I, I don't know. I just I feel like I kept saying to my friends, I said, just wait. He's got this comeback album. It's going to be amazing. And it kind of went retro. It kind of went a different place. And, and there's, there's gems and pieces here and there but it wasn't like i mean how do you you know how do you how do you go from like purple rain sign of the times and and you know all this music that was so groundbreaking and did so well when you got to compete against yourself i mean it just becomes a sort of well you know you you acquire a level of of success and then you're compared against yourself mm-hmm. it's got to be tough i mean and but then again you know he sold out concerts wherever he went Right, and right. I, I, I don't think he was hurting for, for, uh, for anything. You know, he just, and you know, as an artist, you he had his complete control of what he wanted to do and how he wanted to do it and maintain his brand. And mm-hmm. his brand was music, and he was you, you saw that everything was about the music, and you got to respect that. You know, whether you like it or not, whether you right. like certain songs or hate certain songs. When I first heard. Strolling, I'm like, uh, I don't know. What? But, well, no. <laughs> oh man. Well, you know that. Uh, <laughs> let me finish. <laughs> <laughs> I started hearing it because I had to do the video for it with the girls and with uh, with Levi, and it grows on you. It becomes mm. certain songs grow on you, or certain songs hit. Like you know, when you hear each person is different. You hear a song and it goes, "Oh, I love that song," and other people right. go, "Yeah, I don't like that song." No, you're right. But certain songs grow on other people. So that song was was a, a slow build for me, and it was so dif- different and unique, and it was light. Hey, and can I, can I ask you a question about strolling? Since you mentioned the yeah. video, 
Because in the, uh, I think it's the Three Chains of Gold home video, it's really sort of truncated what is shown of that. Is there a, was, did you guys shoot a full video? Was Prince in that video? Or was it just the parts with uh, Levi uh, with his yeah, solo? It's just, it, yeah, it was just the parts of Levi and the girls. Okay. Um, and that's, you know, we did, uh, there. I think part of the Levi scene in the thing I posted uh, he was doing some guitar riff. He did some live shooting of that, um, but it, it, it was cut into something else. But no, there. I don't think that ever got a finished edit, and I think it just was the last bit of it didn't have an ending. So I think it, you're you're right. I, we did a whole video. Uh, we shot the whole song. If that's oh, okay. that answers the question. But the editorial of that, I I wasn't a part of, and they went out. Uh, we did some other stuff. Was shot in L.A. Okay. And it just sort of became uh, other videos became more important, I think. Got and it. it was to, you know, unfortunately, I, I was waiting for that, that that call to shoot Prince performing that, but it never happened. Mm, okay. Uh, a couple questions, and, and we'll wrap things up. But since you are, uh, I, I say, a film guy, you're a videographer and you're a director and things. What would be your dream project to do? Oh. <laughs> Boy, if I had a nickel for every time I heard that question. Uh-oh. Here's <laughs> another your, one. What's your dream? Yeah, well, you know, I, I, I'm, as all directors, movies is the creme de la creme, right? It's a, you know, I want to do, I want to do um, movies and shoot uh, commercials. You know, it's the Ridley Scotts of the world and okay. just be doing great stories that actually are, are, are uh, you know, are commercially successful and have something to say. Uh, I love doing the commercial thing. I haven't really done any music videos since I left Prince. I've done a couple here and there, but you know, you, you move, you move into other areas and you just say, okay, well, if there was a music video that came up, I would do it. But the dream project would be some, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to say because it's like, uh, you know, I said Ridley Scott, but then I also like the stuff that, um, you know, I, I've always been a Spielberg fan, okay. and you know, it's it's movies. It's it's. Well, let me help you out here. Let's say, uh, let me let me give you a couple of choices. If I was Disney, and I said, <clears throat> "Hey, we've got a lot of stuff that we own. Would you rather do this Marvel movie, or would you rather do this Star Wars movie?" Oh, Star Wars, of course. <laughs> You're my man. Thank you. Well, well, <laughs> I mean. Come on, how many more uh, superhero movies can we digest? I mean, it's I gotta you know I gotta say you know it's just it's it's all these superheroes coming to save the world from some outside thing, and it's just the thing looks different, and they shoot it in a different way, and they they put it out there, and it makes all this money, but you end up walking away going, eh, I've seen that movie before, mm, don't you? I mean, you kind of. Well, we're fa- yeah. we're fans of we're we're, we're like so, total geeks over here. So I, I I say the more the merrier. But I can understand your point. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just I just wish that you know that there were movies out there. There's 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 real uh, people in this world that are really heroes, and there's Understood. really there's stories that can be told that that really will affect uh, our culture and our, our human okay. uh, progression. And the, those are ignored for the, you know, the $200 million budgets where you could mm. do five really good films that really will 
be almost as good a story. But everyone wants the event. Everyone wants mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. you know, go to another world and see, you know, because our world is kind of sucking Crazy. right now. Yeah. It's kind of harsh, you know. Things are things are not looking great. And, you know, I, I want to be optimistic and I want to come away from an adventure. But I also think that there's, I think that the studios are kind of, trolling the same pond for the same fish and it's just it just you know there needs to be an expansion of of you know what people may want to see um unfortunately it's it's uh it's a formula and you know the movie making is an expensive proposition not like a painter picking up some a canvas and throwing some paint on the wall that's that's relatively an you know uh, inexpensive proposition but you do a movie uh, things change and then it becomes, you know, I'm, I'm, I've done all this body work and 250 commercials and it's, and it's difficult to get in the door with, with a studio or production company because they say you're a commercial guy, you've done commercials, mm-hmm. you work with Prince, but it's, it's, it's a, such a, it's a hard shell to crack and it's been difficult to do so, but you know, you just, you keep pushing forward and, you know, the moment happens where you get a chance. And that's what, that's what, that's where I'm headed is okay. just to get a chance to do that. You know? So you would love to do feature films. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I've, so. I've done pilots. Um, you know, I have, I have my, uh, my moments with, uh, with, you know, the storytelling I've done. I, I wrote a, I co-wrote a project for sublime that's getting some heat right now. Okay. Uh, but I'm not directing that because I, I, I don't feel I have the right, uh, sensibilities for losing a son to heroin um Mm. and i think that that's probably better in somebody else's hands but i wrote with other writers on that i've been uh actively involved in the last five eight years in writing and getting involved in scripts that i think could really be great to do uh in the meantime you know that that's a that that when you have movies, that takes time to actually happen. Right. So in the meantime, you do your commercials, and I've been doing my car spots, and I've been doing my, um, my uh, you know, other commercials. And so it's, it just sort of patience is, is, is a virtue in this business because it's you're waiting all the time for people to just read your stuff or mm-hmm. to consider you for things. And it's, and it's you know, I'm – I've always thought that, you know, you put me in the same situation as another director, I will do circles around him. Hmm. But, you know, that's a hard thing to do. How do you, you know, you get the chance or you don't and you move on. And the situation changes when the production comes together. Like everything we did, talked about with Prince and there's more things that we could, we don't have time for. But elements change all the time with every production. Every, everything you do Hmm. is you learn from. So when I when I go and shoot a, a a small music video for a friend of mine for a thousand bucks, there's different ways you you pick things up of how you can do it, different lights you can use. I just did a PSA and I just used the Phantom and I just used the the uh, plasma lights. So everything is just you know it's gonna it's gonna pay pay off in dividends when I do get the chance to be doing a feature you, or get involved ready. with. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. It's like, and, and as a director, you're uh, for commercials and music videos, you're offered the opportunity to be your own DP because it's kind of a, you know, a, a streamlines it. It makes it, you know, a look and a style. You don't have the, the baggage of another director of photography coming in and saying, well, mm-hmm. I want to do it this way and I you know, don't mess with my art sort of thing. You know, I'm fast and it's like, I love that part of it. And so I can, I can come into a situation and say, 
I know what that light's going to take to put up. You know, I know any uh-huh. guys and all how it's going to cost, where it's going to be mm-hmm. as a DP, as a technician. And this is all thanks to Prince too. It's like, I was able to, to witness, you know, and see and, and get involved in high budget projects and low budget projects at the mm-hmm. same time. Okay. It's, uh, it's been, I guess you could say I'm poised. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you gotta be, let me, let me ask you this too. Um, Speak to, you know, the budding film person, the guy who wants to do the thing that you want to do. They Maybe they're just starting out. They got, yeah. you know, they got a little camera. You know, of course, there's a lot of more different resources available from when you started, well, obviously. But what yeah, would my, you say my, to that person? I say, get out of the business and give me all the work. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, the, the best thing is to just don't have one discipline. You know, have a couple. Like if you're, if you want to be a director, also study lighting and being a director of photography or editing or producing, because it is, it is. I call it the wild west right now. It's like every job out there is is coveted, and they're going to be your competition is going to fight you for every bit. I've lost jobs where I was the recommend. I was. You know, I've gotten jobs where I didn't have to bid with other people. So it's just sort of if you diversify within the business, okay. uh, that would be uh, the best advice because you're not going to get your directing job right away. You might get lucky and get it and then you have something to fall back on or you have if you get your directing job and you have some writing ability or skills that can enhance your directing and it can ha- enhance. But you may you may have to go out and write your own stuff. You may have mm-hmm. to take a job as a DP, which isn't so bad. You, you saw the stuff I shot with Prince, and 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 some of that stuff is pretty raw. But it was it was it started something else, and I think that that's that's important. Is that you know you may not everyone wants to be a director, but you may not be. You might be a better editor. You might be mm-hmm. a better producer, mm-hmm. and you just don't realize it only until you get that big job, and it's like. Oh my God! I, you know, I love editing because I can take what the director screwed up and make it great because of me. And so it's like all the stuff that I, you know, I, I've held on to. I've held on to the DP work because it's you know, who, you know, if I get a call to do a job to DP something, I will be able to do that and understand the director's part um, and their their what they have to deal with and and how I can assist them in the directing. All you right. Know? Uh, so it's. Just, so I got you here again. So it's rare that I can get a, a professional <laughs> film guy. So I got to ask you this: uh, as a visual person, as, as a you, know, you understand how to make a, sh- a shot and different things, can you tell me a movie? As I'm trying to get an idea of kind of what I think you might be into in terms of visuals, what movie would you say visually is a masterwork to me? And then the other part of the question is, what movie, and it may not be shot to whatever you think, but the movie that moves you, that you watch well, regardless? I, 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 Man on Fire, I think, has got to be oh. one of my favorites. Um, Domino, it's sort of a Tony Scott thing. Mm-hmm. Visually, Tony Scott and you know Ridley's a little bit more of a storyteller. Tony's more of a, a visual stylist. Um, unfortunately he, he, he's no longer with us either, but, um, just, uh, you know, the groundbreaking, uh, you know, just the, the style of to- storytelling is not conventional with that. Um, and the second question was, was, 
was what again? Like like uh, what what, what movie, movie sort of, moves you? That is that's your movie. You just like your favorite thing that you. That this is the movie I love. You know, uh, <laughs> that might be a hard question. God, I you know I don't know. I, I remember I, I go I I I guess my go to is always like the first movie I saw was probably Jaws. Oh, okay. And it just sort of you know my wife hates it. You know, it's like Jaws is on again. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> but it was, you know, first blockbuster. Like, well, it was like such a, a, you know, you're a kid, you see a movie, and you go, mm-hmm. you know, you're infatuated with sharks. All of a sudden, why is that? You know, it's like, you know, I'm in Minnesota, the farthest from what <laughs> ocean that you can be, and it's like, you know, people getting eaten. You know, I, that was weird, but it was like <laughs> it imprinted you. I think it's yeah, it's exactly. And then you you you, you talk with the writer of the scene where. Where they're talking about the uh, Indianapolis and the shark attacks, and you know, right there is the writer of that scene, and you're talking you're like, "Oh my God!" You know, <laughs> it's just, it's it's movie making, filmmaking, and and video making. It's just you're 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 creating uh, a real environment in a very unreal situations. You're mm-hmm. you're, you're you're closing an intersection, and you're closing a street, or you're you're creating a scene inside of a studio, and you're just creating another world. That is totally unrealistic. You, you, you're, you're painting, you're painting a mural two inches from the wall, and that's that's hard. When when a movie comes out that really affects you and moves you, that is a, a amazing achievement because it is when you look at all the parts of the moving pieces of of machinery of a movie that does, or even a TV show, or even a commercial, when it succeeds, uh, you have to give props to that because it's mm-hmm. just sort of. You know, it, it, it's 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 an anomaly, you know, and this is award season. So you got a lot of these great movies that are coming out. And, you know, it's just like to get a movie made is a is a, a monumental task. But to have it be successful and imprint on you like mm. like any one of your movies that you like, you know, it's like like what's what's some of your movies? Oh, dude, throw the, that throw, throw that back at you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a Star Wars, the, the original yeah, one. I yeah. saw that. I didn't even understand what I saw at the time, but it was yep. just one of those things that I was blown away. And it is sort ready of for, uh, ready for Rogue One. Tickets bought, uh, you know, day one. I'm beyond ready. <laughs> beyond ready. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. Yeah. So I bet you, yeah, I bet you, you're watching those uh, um, bad lip, lip reading uh, Star Wars. I've seen a couple of them. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I love all that kind of stuff. I mean, you know. Yeah. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Well, good. I, I'm I'm excited to see that too. Yeah, it might be yeah. a new direction for Star Wars. I'm very curious to see this standalone well, you know, thing. You got that whole uh, that franchise. It's just amazing to me. <clears throat> and that's like you know you hear about that that bet that Lucas and Spielberg had, where I think Lucas was doing uh, Star Wars, and Spielberg was doing, I think it was. Uh, 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 close, encounters, close encounters, and they both said, "Okay, we'll we'll swap two points each," because each one of them thought that their movie was not going to make it. Mm. So they 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 swapped back ends, and I think Spielberg's doing pretty good with the uh, <laughs> the Star Wars franchise. Right. And I don't think the Close Encounters franchise is doing so well. So <laughs> I, I, I tell you how big a fan I am. My son's name is Lucas. Oh wow! <laughs> and that's not that's a mistake. Big, that's big. <laughs> my my that's my daughter's big. middle name uh, is Leia. Okay, so oh wow! There you go. 
<laughs> I was not aware of that. One. <laughs> there you go. Really? Really? Oh really? boy. Well, hey, you know. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Now I am a. Uh, I think uh, jumping on a whole thing uh, to me, George Lucas is a, is a genius, man. Uh, yes, I read. Well you know, I read those books of how he just had to start making that first movie and everything that went through it. To me, that is inspiring, and I'm just like, God, they didn't even know what they were doing. I mean, you know, what I mean, it's like they're they're doing new things. They, we have to create the company to to do this. Let's, how do we do these special effects? Well, they're going to create that, you know what I'm saying? It was the template yeah. was like, we're going to make the template. So I, to me, that's just a, I can't even wrap my head around like all yeah, those creative I mean, people, you know, coming together. Exactly. Exactly. That's, 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 that's amazing that it's like, I want to tell like, the idea. I want to tell this story, but I don't know how, mm. and we're going to find a way. And they did. And it was groundbreaking at the yeah. time. Yeah. And it was, uh, yeah, I, I, I concur. I think it's, uh, it was an amazing thing to see that happening. And now it's, it's, you know, you, you watch like, like the movie, like the Revenant where mm. there's visual effects all over that thing, you know, the bear and how that was done. And it's so real. And, yeah. you know, the replacement of the sky and the snow and, the you know, subtle, that's the, the subtleties beauty. of everything now is amazing. Well, and that's that's the yeah. thing. It's it's there's this the event Star Wars uh, type movie where, you know, this is a visual effect. But you also have a lot of things that are done now that are are visual effects to enhance. They call them invisual effects. It's it's removing wires. It's it's the green mm-hmm. screen. It's the set replacement. Look at Game of Thrones. I mean, if you watch. You know, just the, just the effects of Game of Thrones. It's uh, it's amazing what they yeah. what they've been doing, and it's just you know you just got to keep up. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's been it's a great it's a great craft. I just don't you know the business it's is the business is messed up of the craft, and that's unfortunate. You know, so it's what Prince has been again. You know, the, the problem with music labels and and you know distribution. You know, the artist doesn't, you know, control the music, uh, doesn't control distribution and the, you know, the thing. So it, it's sort of the business sort of took control of the creative. And I, I hope that kind of switches uh, around It's starting to see that happen. But, you know, it's you got so many people in the world and you need a mechanism to get the stuff out. Right. Uh, you not, know, I think now, I don't know, I, I, you know, and I think of film and and tv and things and i'm like you know yeah there's a high bar to create but there's also a a level of entry where if you really want to do it you know the tools are attainable to a degree probably mm-hmm. a little more so than this and you know the distribution though is the wild wild west on the internet if you got something that's groundbreaking I think there is an avenue for you at least to get something out there. It's just a matter of it getting noticed. But I mean, I, well, I, you know, I, I like to see a lot. I see a lot of these guys do stuff on YouTube in different places. And I'm, and I'm looking, I'm like, whoa, like yeah. these guys are freaking talented and incredible. Uh, I hope yeah, this gets it, noticed, you know, it's like, yeah. And it's like, you know, like, like the, the little video that I posted, you know, I thought, you know, again, a hundred people may see it, my friends, whatever, but it's just, you know, it just gets out there and, and lightning in a bottle. And you watch some of these some of these artists that actually have resources to do these short films on YouTube. They're part of, uh, you know, a effects 
company and yeah. on the side they're able to use resources mm. so it's it's you use what's around you to do it i mean it all boils down to is the story good is True. is the acting good is the, is the is what you're doing relative to other people mm-hmm. and you know the the whole lost footage thing that i posted was relative to a lot of people it helped oh, yeah. and i thought that that was you know that was the best reward. I thought this would never see light of day, you know. And you know, if it helps people kind of see what it's a little glimpse behind, you know, even even the practice, even the rehearsals, mm-hmm. even the sound checks, the perfectionism of somebody like Prince was just like you know. If we had more of that, I think we'd have better things out there. Oh yeah, we uh, the, slap the, stuff together. You the know? rehearsal Sap. stuff is the golden stuff. <laughs> like that's what I want to see. I want to see the process. Yeah, what yeah. how they put those tours together and, and sitting there. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a lot of the audio of that stuff, but to see the well, video you know, it's it, amazing. And then you know, I've been to I went to the Paisley Park tour. I think the second day oh, okay. when I was going through that thing, and I went and I was uh, I was I was hoping to see. I know they got they're, they're doing more stuff, but I was. What I'd love to see in that main room, you know, you got all the concerts, mm-hmm. but I would love to see, uh, you know, the blueprints of the stages. I would love to see mm-hmm. the set lists. I would love to see, you don't have to play the music. You can have the visual of the actual concert, mm-hmm. you know, in a box next to the drum set, next to the guitar. It's just there's so much um, that, that you know, people are just intrigued by because it is, it's like Prince is like a lifestyle. It's like a, it's like a, its own world and the fans you know respect that and and some of the people that are not fans are like what's this all about and the people that are not fans that are asking that question really need to see that it's 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 unique and it's different and it's just it's hard to explain and i think that that's 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 growing you know once people now are realizing what what we lost right yeah there's a level of uh education and informity that that museum is going to have to start to convey uh, that goes beyond yeah. purple rain or you know oh yeah that, that type of no, i'd love to see you know like uh, get the location manager for purple rain to to you know get his book copied and and find where the house is locations whatever you mm-hmm. know there's there's material that people can see i was like this is it you know you got mm. the oscar you got the the, the the piano and that's I was like okay th- this has got this is needs more <laughs> you know and I know it, t- it takes time I mean right. it literally we're talking we're not even a year from what happened and it is you know here I am complaining about it but it's like you know it was surreal walking in there I was like I've been here so many times and and now it's like I, I it's a different you know, thing yeah. yeah it was just it was shocking and and surreal and just you know did you go to the alumni thing they had a little while ago i couldn't i was on a shoot i was uh, booked on something so i couldn't go but i i I hope they have it next year and i think they're doing a a, are they doing they're doing something in in april i think the the Um, celebration thing yeah i I would love to do that but i i that's so far ahead it's like it's the timing's got to be right I you get know. it. I get it. Well, Scott, man. Well, well before we before we go, uh, Big Sexy, do you have any other question? Uh, yeah, I got one more. Um, <clears throat> Scott, I'm looking at your credits, and I see that you were actually nominated for something called the Exorcism Diaries, oh. <laughs> Cannes or Cannes Film Festival. Tell me about that. 
Well, actually, the let's see. Look, I got to look at what I sent you to. Um, the the Cannes Film Festival finalist commercial. Um, I suppose I should design this a little bit better. The Exorcism Diaries is a short film I did in 2014, 2013. Um, and that, that, that's right next to the next award. So the, the Cannes Film Festival thing, that was done. Uh, I won a finalist project for Rollerblade. And we had taken a bunch of cats, literally like felines, and threw them up in the air. And we had the, uh, we had the Humane Society there, so nothing, nothing <laughs> happened. Say, was uh, send all no, your no. mail. To <laughs> no, no, no. No, no. We, we, these, these cats were all purring and good, but they would fly through the air and layer upon themselves. And the whole idea was that you know cats always land on their feet. Humans don't. So wear your rollerblade protective gear. You know, your, your knee pads, your elbow pads, that sort of thing, your helmet. So it was kind of a, a, an awareness of, you know, at the time, rollerblading was, you know, a lot of people were getting hurt, and rollerblades said, let's do something to to stop this. And it was uh, that one, that that commercial one at Cannes. But uh, the Exorcism Diaries uh, has been winning awards, uh, but not, not the Cannes Film Festival. So um, thanks for clarifying. I have to make sure I update my <laughs> uh, my grammar in that document <laughs> just so i'm clear though you got award winning from cans for your commercial that's amazing yeah 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 no we you know it's just you know the the awards are are they're great and they they help justify you know me getting in the next job it's it's really a collective of work like with uh with prince there was you know there's, I think, a lot of the video work that I did with him won the RIAA award of a million sales. Like Sexy MF was a big seller, so was Get Off. Uh, I think Diamonds and Pearls too. So it's, 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 it won the award for a lot of sales, but it's, it's a collective of a lot of people. So like the Rollerblade commercial was done with an ad agency uh, in Minneapolis called Carmichael Lynch. And so it's a, you know, they spend time coming up with the creative and I come in and I execute the idea. And that's, uh, you know, awards are, 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 are really also a, a, uh, a shout out to the agency and the client. The client said, okay, let's do this idea. Uh, they could have picked another idea, but they, they, they had the guts to say, let's do this. And I'm talking like across the board. If, if a, a commercial comes out that's controversial or a PSA or or something. Somebody somewhere said, "Let's do this. Let's take a chance on it." Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then, let's take a chance on this idea about this idea. And then let's use Scott to shoot it. And so it's it's a bunch of people saying yes and pointing in the right direction. That it's it's other people are are responsible for that as much as I am. Right on the team about that team. Team well, player. Yep. That's that's the hope, right? Yes, sir. Well, we have a new hope <laughs> that the listeners, as a Star Wars thing, really? that the listeners <laughs> have enjoyed this uh, awesome uh, discussion uh, with Scott here. Scott, we always like to uh, point our listeners to where they can find you online or different things more about you. Where can our listeners find more about you? Uh, my name is scottmccullough.com, and that's uh, S C O T T M C C. U-L-L-O-U-G-H dot com. Nice. Definitely and hit also, Scott up. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. It's, 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 it's uh, thank you so much for that. It's like, uh, you know, it's, it's great to just uh, be able to talk about, uh, you know, the experience of working with uh, such a genius and, you know, all the people around 
Prince. I mean, you know, the, the, the managers, the people that worked at Paisley, it was, um, you know, I, I, I thank you for the opportunity to talk about it. Man, thanks for sharing it, sharing the journey, man, and just you starting how you started, how you navigated through your work with an icon, and you went on to do all, all this other great stuff. There's not a lot of people that are listening to this that this is going to be like, you know what, Scott did it. He, he, he gave me a blueprint. Let me learn and glean some things from that. So I appreciate you sharing that with our listeners. No, you're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. And also check out Scott on Facebook because, again, he released some great uh, unreleased footage, rehearsal stuff with Prince that is a must-see. Uh, so definitely go check that out. I hope that um, at some point Paisley Park, uh, the family, can reach out to people like Scott and say, look, we want to do this documentary type thing and we need some people who were here back in those days that can help us navigate this footage and the audio and stuff. Uh, I can only hope they reach out to people like you. I hope so too. I mean, I would be, uh, they'd be thrilled to to see how we could um, keep the, uh, maintain or or actually excel the uh, legacy. Because I think a lot of people, you know, if you do it tastefully, and you do it right and and you know knowing what may have been in the mind of that guy a prince and and what he wanted to do and i think that 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 would be uh, an honor to work with paisley and make sure that um you know i could i could be available to help where i could right on man we're gonna speak it into existence with that mr big sexy and sack where can the people find you sir uh, you know, same as always on uh, Twitter, Big Sexy and Sack, and uh, Facebook under. Are we laughing? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just I need. He's I need like something. Big Sexy I mean, and Sack. What the hell is that? I need something like that. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> okay, I'll I, shut it now. <laughs> I can be found on Facebook under uh, Mark Wiggins as well. All right. And also, shout out to all of our listeners for continuing to listen and support us. Shout out to our uh, donators and our uh, subscribers. We love you. Thank you so much for making this thing possible. Uh, Shout out to all the Prince family out there. Uh, Man, 2016 has been quite the year, to say the least. Um, But stick in there with us. We're going to get through all of this stuff. Uh, What can I say? Find us online podcastjuice.net also princepodcast.com of course twitter at podcastjuice if you want to hit me up directly at m dean and hey as i always say work it like a job we'll see you next time peace